everybody. Welcome back to the Era of Nintendo podcast. My name is Lodge Jam. And I'm Muzzy. And we are back from our giant hiatus. I'm so sorry we haven't gotten, been able to get to this. It's been crazy. However, how are you doing, Muzzy? I'm doing great. You know, E3's around the corner. I can feel it. <laughs> I'm So I'm ready, you know? It's that time of year where magic is in the air. We are actually less than one month to E3. And so, <laughs> yeah, this is a great time to be alive. Yeah. All right, so uh, what have you been playing, Wesley? I have been playing... So I've been playing a couple games. Uh, for one, I got back into Tetris 99. Uh, so that, that's that been a lot of fun. I am pretty terrible at it. Uh, <laughs> still, by the way. Uh, people are just way too good for me. But, but you know, it free, free game uh, with Nintendo Switch Online, so I can't complain, right? <laughs> I mean, Tetris oh, yeah. at its core is fantastic. I'm just so bad at it, you know? I just... <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's been fun. Uh, otherwise, I have uh, dabbled a little bit in... Uh, I got back into playing Pokken Tournament. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so my friend, he got... He just bought Pokken Tournament. Uh, and I've had it since it came out. And, uh, but I didn't, I, I bought both the Wii U version. I, I bought the Wii U version a fair bit, but the Switch version I just didn't touch. Kind of regretted that purchase, not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I have not touched it. Like, I have not even bothered with the Switch version. Right, yeah, it's just, so, so I feel, I felt kind of bad buying it again. But now that my friend has it, I've been playing it again. And it's, uh, it is a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's a ton of fun. It's, uh, I, I don't know how much I would recommend it personally, but, like, I, I'm in, it, it, it's neat, you know? And, and the new characters are actually a ton of fun. Like, uh, I like playing as Krogunk a lot. He's pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> He's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, fun game. I'm, I'm enjoying it. So, yeah, that's what I'm playing. I always preferred uh, playing as Suicune. Oh, yeah. It was so good, I... all those projectiles. Oh, man. Like, like that ice beam, you know, it, it's, it's powerful. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I just think it's a huge shame that... Uh, you know, it's really hard to recommend Pokémon Tournament just in general because it, that's a game with pretty much all of the potential of the world, but it it didn't it didn't do enough. I think. Yeah, I feel I wish that like the post-launch support had been a little bit better. Like they tried with like Blastoise and uh, someone else. I forgot the other character, uh, but it was just you know, uh, I. They needed to keep that game going with support, you know, with updates, DLC, etc. And it just, it, it just felt like w when the DLC for Blastoise and I really don't remember the other character. Uh, I think Aegislash, maybe. Yes, Aegislash. Uh, yeah. uh, it was just like it just felt like too little, too late, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm curious to see what sort of relevance it has, uh, particularly in Japan, mm -hmm. because uh, Pokémon Tournament is in arcades over there. And I wonder how much people are actually playing it over across the pond. I, I'm curious if they ever do a sequel or something. Because when, when Pokémon was first announced, like, the Pokémon Company president was really into the idea. He was like, like, he wanted this to be like, you know how they do the Pokémon World Championships everywhere? And they, they do competitions in the, the main series games and they do competitions in the trading card game. And he really wanted Pokémon to be, a like, the third pillar for the Pokémon World Championships. I don't know if that's panned out or not. I, don't, I assume not. But yeah, yeah, like, like it's just like especially the competitive seems scene seems really lacking, you know. I and would so that's agree wholeheartedly, but I mean, I the, that's the problem with online games is you know, if there isn't any amount of popularity to it, uh, it almost feels like you shouldn't be buying those types of games because there's less of a player base. Yeah, and there's nothing to do in single player, you know. It's like <laughs> that—that that is a game you need to play with people, right? And if there's no player base, eh. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, something that I've been playing has been uh, continuing on with the Ace Attorney trilogy Ooh, on nice. Switch. Um, yeah, and like I, it's a really great port. I actually really love the HD Rumble features uh, within it. I think the it really does the game justice in giving all of the emoticons and all of the uh, text just a little bit more oomph than it normally has. Yeah, I definitely um, agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so it's just uh, it's just a solid port, um, and it's come to all consoles, which, you know, 
It's thirty uh thirty bucks. So uh, yeah, I think I would recommend it. Thirty bucks for a fantastic trilogy, you know. Like, uh, uh, I'm not gonna spoil anything, of course, but like, truly, the way that that third game wraps up that trilogy, you know, is just incredible, you know. And and so seeing playing those games one through three is just like for thirty bucks, it's a fantastic value, honestly. Uh, actually, yeah. if you don't mind, Lost Gem, I was playing one more game that I just remembered that I really oh, want to talk yeah. about. Uh, SteamWorld Quest. Oh, really? Yes, I picked this up, and oh man, it is addicting. I'm telling you. Uh, it's so it's a it's made by the guys. Obviously, if you couldn't tell by the name, same guys who made SteamWorld Dig and Dig Two and SteamWorld Heist, right? Um, and it is a game that's completely different from those games. First of all, graphically gorgeous. I think it's their best looking game yet. You know. Um, yeah, even better than uh, Steam World Dig Two. Yeah, yeah, and that game is a looker, you know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, Steam World Quest is it's it really good. But like the key thing here, the the battle system. It's so it's a turn based card based battle system. So you have a deck of cards. You, you can have eight cards in your deck at a time, right? Uh, for each character in your party. Um, and, and of course, as you progress through the game, you get more and more cards, so you can start swapping out. Uh, which cards you want to use, and the bat. So the battles are pretty much like I would say seventy percent of the game, and I think to some people that might be a turn off. Like oh, like I mean, you're you're coming here for the battles. You know, you're not coming here for some amazing story or like some amazing exploration or anything. Because like for the most part, you're progressing through like single screen <coughs> uh, sections. You know, uh, the, like there's some like there's definitely secrets uh, throughout the world and like and there's cool characters and stuff like that. But like the, the main draw here is the battles, right? Um, and I think yeah. they do a really good job of, like, making it feel like... I, I mean, this is a game that, like, when I played it, I played it for, like, two hours straight, you know? And it's just, and, and without noticing the time going by at all. Um, so, yeah, I honestly, I, I think it's fun. And, it, it, like I said, co- come in with the expectation of... Don't, don't think you're going to see the best story in the world. Don't think that this is going to be, like, the best exploration that RPGs have offered because that's not where its strengths are, you know? Uh, but if you just want to have a great battle system with fun characters and fun dialogue, um, and just, you know, you like card-based stuff, like Mega Man Battle Network or Bet and Kaitos, you know, that kind of thing, it's, it's great. Yeah. From everything that I've seen of that game, it kind of seems like a Paper Mario sticker star slash color splash done kind of right. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to describe it, actually. It's like, it's like, it, it's like, take that concept of that, those games, but do it right, you know? And the cards in this game are not like, it's not like Sticker Star or Color Splash where you use a card and it's gone forever. Like, it's part of your deck, you know? Like, you're keeping that card. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think just that change alone uh, makes, makes the battles play out just way differently because you're not, you, there's not this idea of, oh, I'm wasting a resource. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, and they do some really cool, intricate stuff with it. Like, every time you do an action, you build up meter so you could use your better cards, etc., uh, etc. Et and and it, it leads to very... And then there's a lot of team-based stuff. There's a lot of cool interactions with this battle system that I, I've just had a blast with. Oh, well, that sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. I might have to give it a look one of these days if they're... Hopefully, I think you like uh, it. I could get through it with so many games. Coming I know there's out. <laughs> just so much coming out for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but if you can yeah. make time for it, I would recommend it. But anyway, uh, I think it's time to go into our news. So yeah. first off, uh, talking about Tetris ninety nine, like you said earlier, it's actually come out that Tetris ninety nine is getting DLC mm-hmm. um, for nine dollars and ninety nine cents, and it is basically just for offline and then just regular tetris uh marathon mode yes um and i just want to say just with this dlc just for the stuff you pay for yeah i would it's a cheap way to play tetris yeah i think if you want to do that but i i don't see really much more value than that so i do think it's worth noting this is the uh for that 999 this is the first piece of that dlc Right. Yeah. Uh, so they have confirmed that if you buy that nine nine nine, you will be getting more modes later down the line. Uh, it's probably just like a second pack. Uh, from the Japanese Twitter, we can gather that it's going to focus on uh, two to four multiplayer modes. I don't know if that means local or online, but just you know, just worth noting, I think. Um, yeah. 
But like you said, I mean, so right now you pay that 10 bucks. It's just Tetris, right? Like you get like you get like that versus CPU mode. So it's like the Tetris 99, but you're facing 98 uh, CPUs. But otherwise you get marathon mode, right? And it's just Tetris. And this is a very basic version of Tetris, right? But, yeah. uh, you know, to be fair though, the only other option you have for Tetris on the Switch right now is Puyo Puyo Tetris, which is a fantastic game, but also it's $30, right? So I think that the, uh, the asking price for this one is a little bit less. So if you just want basic-ass Tetris, this is the way to go, you know? Yeah. Though, um, I do think something that I think Nintendo did that was really smart mm-hmm. was they did not segment their player base one bit. Yes, correct. Yeah, so the um, online mode is still, like, the DLC does not affect that at all, right? And that's good. Yeah. But uh, probably the more exciting part of this news mm-hmm. is that through the weekend, starting on May 17th, uh, they're going to be having a new competition. And if you get over 100 points, you get this awesome looking Game Boy theme for playing during the weekend and getting over 100 points just through playing the game. Yeah, and like uh, from what I could gather, like getting 100 points is not a big task at all, you know? It's like, you just basically, you play enough games, you will get that, you know? And so, yeah. uh, that's cool. And the theme is cool, right? That, this is such a cool idea. Put put the Game Boy skin on there. And I think that this kind of opens the door to, hey, like, why, why not, right? Like, why not throw these extra fe- cool features in the game, you know? And that's a good way to keep people coming back, right? Yeah. And I just want to say, the, uh, the Game Boy skin itself looks amazing. <laughs> It looks really authentic, you know. It looks like... <laughs> yeah. So really, uh, I would recommend everybody to get on uh, onto Tetris ninety nine this weekend. I mean, if you if you're really bad at Tetris and you never really get above fifty, it would only take about fifty matches to get the Game Boy skin, which really isn't that bad considering how fast Tetris uh, actually goes. Yeah, I mean, considering how how quick the matches are, it's like that. You, and, and the fact that the higher... If you place first, you get it immediately, too, which is neat. Uh, and it's just yeah. like, you just play enough, grind it out uh, through this weekend, you'll, you'll get it. And so that's nice. Yeah. But uh, that aside, uh, Capcom has announced that Devil May Cry 1, only Devil May Cry 1, is coming to the Switch. And it's been confirmed that this is basically a title that has been carved out of the Devil May Cry trilogy that arrived on other platforms. Yep. And, uh... Digital only. Digital only. Uh, and... Yeah. Uh... Capcom, why? I mean, this this is like... And I'm someone who has, like, kind of defended Capcom on, their, on Switch, right? Uh, cause yeah. Because like, I've said previously, like, at, at least, like, their older ports have been, like, quality ports, right? Uh, for the most part, they've been fairly priced. Uh, and and, the, and even games like Mega Man 11 that can run on the Switch, they put them on there, right? Uh, but this one is just insulting, you know? Like, who knows what the price will be? Uh, I think starting with the Resident Evil ports, it's been, like, a pretty bad trend. Because the Resident Evil ports are expensive. You know, they're 30 bucks when you can get them for... Tw- when they came out for $20 on every other platform, you know, and now you can get them from even much cheaper, but they launched at 20. This thing is launching at 30. And then this Devil May Cry port, it's like, you can get right now without a sale or anything, you can get the trilogy on Xbox One, on PS4, on Steam for $30, right? Even if they charge 20 bucks for this thing, like, uh, honestly, I'm, spe- I'm expecting 30 because Capcom is giving I, me no I reason to I think they're going otherwise. for 30. But even if it's 20, this is a ripoff. Right? Like, I mean, why... And their excuse is going to be, oh, well, you know, this is going to be the first time that the Nintendo audience can play through Devil May Cry. Well, that's the perfect reason to put the goddamn collection on there. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Uh, This just sucks. This really just sucks. And, God, Capcom. I don't know. Yeah. I I would wholesale recommend for everybody just to wait for a sale for these Capcom titles. uh, The Ace Attorney Trilogy... I would say jump in full price. Uh, yeah, 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 for it, sure. It, it was the same for each and every console, mm-hmm. and it had some extra Switch features, which was great. Um, but, like, something like this. I love Capcom's games. I think Capcom is a marvelous publisher. Yeah. But they they just 
are cash grabbing Switch owners at this point. This is, I mean, this is like them seeing, oh, Ultra Street Fighter 2 sold amazingly at $40. We could price gouge Switch consumers, you know? And that's just yeah. irritating. And like, and I would even say, hell, like, Dragon's Dogma, you want to pick that up for 30 I would recommend it, you know? That's a great port, and that's a game that's worth $30, right? Um, but like, Devil May Cry 1 by itself is just is it's disappointing it's really disappointing and i just i wish that uh capcom would treat switch users a little bit better you know and that would be yeah and it's really for this reason that i i i don't think i'm going to get any of the resident evil ports because they're too expensive you know they are yeah. too expensive I, like i said they launched they launched at 20 dollars on the other platforms and you're bringing it, this for 30 and digital only. It's like you can't even use the cart excuse here, right? Because they're digital only. <laughs> so like, what 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 is the excuse? Yeah, there there's absolutely none. Capcom is just trying to wrangle as much out of it as they can, right? It, it, it would be different if these were a little bit more special ports, yeah. I guess. Um, you know, if they had like completely revamped graphics or. Uh, they had a ton of new features and extra content, but these are just the exact same ports that arrived on PS4 and Xbox One years ago. Well, here's the thing, Lossam. What's even more insulting is even from Capcom standards on Switch, this is a disappointment. Resident Evil Revelations and Resident Evil Revelations 2 came to the Switch with a bunch of Switch features, right? Like, they utilized the Switch capabilities to the max. Like, it uses gyro, it uses, like, all, all the features you would want as a Switch owner, right? And they were fantastic ports. Uh, as far as I know, the RE4, RE0, and Remake do not have gyro, do not have any Switch-specific things. And those re those Revelation ports, which, remind you, Revelations 2 was a more expensive game, right? And Revelations Revelations 2 came out for $20 each. Why yeah. are these Resident Evil ports... Why, why are these other Resident Evil ports $30? It just makes no sense. And Resident Evil Revelations 1 also came out physically. Yeah. Which is, uh, we're not getting that for Resident Evil 4. So, so like, what is... I don't understand how they are justifying the price bump. There's no reason for it. it it's baffling. It really is. It's just, it's just disappointing, is what it is. Yeah. And this is even more uh, surprising, considering the recent news that the Nintendo Switch has now overcame PS4 sales in Japan. Uh, the Switch is now the the current best-selling uh, video game console, like modern video game console, in the market right now. Yeah, I mean, like, but like, you know, Capcom has had a more worldwide focus. But like, and I'll give them all the qualifiers in the world, but there's no excuse for these, like, Ca just blatant cash grabs you know that's just yeah yeah but um yeah i i find it really surprising that the switch has hit those numbers r really that quickly oh it's uh, the selling switch great is now everywhere over, yeah it's it's now over eight million sold in japan alone i the console seems to be doing really well especially since it hasn't really gone on sale yet as well yeah, I mean, I mean it, it is still its original MSRP, you know. It's funny because like usually this would be around the time we'd see a price cut, but honestly, the Switch is selling so well right now at three hundred dollars, two years, more than two years since its launch. Like it's it's pretty impressive. Like since Smash Brothers, like the uh, the year over year um, increase in sales has been remarkable, really, in twenty nineteen. Yeah, and so. Um... Yeah, I mean, hats off to Nintendo. They're actually making a very healthy and sustainable user base, both in the East and the West. But uh, they actually managed to revive the console market in Japan, it seems like, because the Switch ha still has a long way to go in regards to sales. I mean, who knows when likely this year we'll probably get a Switch Mini, and then there's yeah. probably going to be some revisions within the future, and then price cuts... And everything of the, of the there's, sort. There's a lot of room to grow. You know, like, this is only... Like, like, it, it doesn't feel like it, but we are only two years in, you know? Uh, <laughs> and so, like, there, there's so much room for Switch to grow. Like you said, through through revisions, through mini versions, through price cuts. Um, and I think, like, there's a whole demographic that Switch hasn't hit yet uh, in that, like, in the kind of people that Animal Crossing and Pokemon appeal to. You know, like, younger audiences, more female audiences... 
uh, just a more casual audience, you know? Uh, so the Switch has a lot of room to grow, and it's it, 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 to say it's already doing so well, but it but it still has so much room to grow. Like that, that's a good sign for the system. Yeah, and so uh, I I predict this year it's going to be even better for uh, for Switch sales numbers, especially after Animal Crossing uh, releases. Animal Crossing is going to be a big one for sure. Yeah. But there's actually another title that might appeal to <laughs> just kind of that demographic as well, uh, and that is Super Mario Maker 2. Yes. And we just had a 15-minute direct yesterday, and it was crammed with so much information about the game. So uh, first, I want to ask, Mazzy, what are your first impressions? I mean, so the presentation itself, just a breakneck pace, right? Like, it was, like, feature after feature after feature, and it was just, like, it was crazy. And, like, seeing this direct, I was pretty excited for Mario Maker 2, but, like, it wasn't, like, that hype to me personally, I guess, right? Seeing that direct, I am blown away. I am excited for this. I cannot wait to get my hands on this game. I've already pre-purchased it. it I have the icon on my Switch. <laughs> and I, ah, uh, man, I'm super just really, like, because the possibilities in this game just seem truly endless now, you know? Yeah, I mean, everything that they've shown, uh, I cannot wait for this to get into people ha people's hands. I can't wait for this to get into my hands. Yeah. I cannot wait to start making levels because we're finally at the point with Mario Maker where I'm pretty sure you can reasonably recreate most, if not all, of the past 2D Mario's levels. Yeah, I mean, um, they've added... Because I think Mario Maker 1, for what it was, it was really good, right? But uh, Mario Maker 2, it has really proven to be a sequel, right? Like, it deserves that too. In fact, uh, people have joked, like, this is Mario Maker Ultimate, right? <laughs> uh, because just the amount of things that you can do, especially, like, I think the biggest things being, like, the programmability aspects of it, right? Like, being able to specifically designate where the line blocks go, being able to specifically... Uh, uh, designate how you scroll through a level at what speed at what direction etc you know um being able to just uh just being able to set the water levels right uh have that change just those aspects alone are huge right but then you add into you you not only did you double the amount of themes in the game right now there's eight themes like including stuff like snow desert etc but then also there's the night versions right um, yeah, uh, it, it practically doubles the amount of themes, and it actually adds, you know, brand new gameplay possibilities, most of which we have not seen in previous Mario games. Yeah, like, so, like, for example, so every time you put, every, all eight themes in this game, when you put them in night, change the gameplay, like you mentioned, right? So, like, if you're in the underground theme, suddenly, it plays upside down, right? Uh, if you're in the desert theme, you'll have sand blowing in your face, so you have to go a little slower. If you're playing in the snow theme, it you go slippery. And it's like, it just the amount of possibilities in this game are insane. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm seriously, but, like, I can't believe this game, you know? But not only that, the thing that I'm most excited for is probably the story mode yes i we are getting 100 brand new mario levels mm -hmm. designed specifically by nintendo but with all of these crazy new designs or uh crazy new ways to use all the materials they have yeah i mean they stuffed a mario game in this game right like you're getting a hundred over a hundred new levels made by nintendo expertly crafted right uh best of the best whatever um, and, and so that's going to be great in of itself. And it looks pretty cute, right? Like, there, it, it involves all the characters. The undo dog is in there. The, the, the eraser thing is in there, you know? Uh, and, and it's cute, like, right? Like, building the castle, all that stuff. That's, that's really good. I think putting that story mode, uh, makes sure that, hey, even if you aren't going online much, there's a lot of content here, right? And I think that's a big thing for sure. So story mode, I'm very much looking forward to. But um, even for online, there's a lot more content to do now just yes. with Mario Maker. So I think we should talk about the biggest thing, right? The online multiplayer. The network play. That is insane. I did not expect that. Did you? <laughs> no. Nintendo has been really fervent about not including multiplayer, especially with anything 
like closely related to Mario. Yeah. Well, traditional Mario. But uh, but even they, like Mario Party and Yoshi and stuff like that, even that uh, has mostly strayed away from being online, right? Uh, and definitely the new Super Mario Brothers games. Yeah. Uh, and so this is really like a huge moment for all of Nintendo. Uh, just think of all the levels that you, we will be able to play together or you could play with your friends or really anything. Four player online 2D Mario games with an infinite amount of levels. You know, what more could you ask for? <laughs> yeah. And it seems like it's going to be a lot easier to find all of those levels as well. Some features that were kind of overlooked was, oh, first yeah. off, there's a dislike button now. Good. Um, <laughs> so, really, like, whenever there are troll levels, you could just hit that dislike and it gets sent to the bottom of the pile. Definitely. Um, so, a lot that, along with the like button and there being tags... It's going to make for a lot better experience, just in general, too. Yeah, ju just being able to find good levels, I think, is going to be so much better in this game than it was in the first game. And so, that that's definitely uh, fantastic. I, and, yeah, so, like, they've blowed open the door on this game, right? Like, this is just... It, I don't know why you'd ever go back to the first Mario Maker. <laughs> oh, there's no reason to. Yeah. At this point. But uh, the, the one thing that I was really enamored by was the mario 3d world style yes i mean you can ride go-karts in it uh and that's just amazing because super mario 3d world it tried to pay homage to mario kart and they did it in pretty much the worst way possible they could <laughs> and it's just funny that it goes back to full circle where a 2d version of uh mario 3d world is doing a Mario Kart homage better so than the original better. game. Yeah. And I think it's... So, Super Mario 3D World is separated from the other four styles, right? So, in the other four styles, it matches perfectly, basically, right? Uh, with, with some key differences here and there, like like uh, the propeller mushroom turning into the cape or whatever. Um, but, like, those four styles are interchangeable, and you could change between them at any time, right? Uh, Super Mario Maker 2 has introduced these additional game styles. And important to note, it's plural, and there's a space left. So that means there's, even if it's DLC, there seems to be at least one more style in the game. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. But these additional game styles, what it essentially allows them to do is it, you are no longer held back by the design limitations of, of those four games, right? Like, you could just go wild. And with 3D World, they have proven to do that, right? Like, they are including so many elements from 3D World, including, like, stuff like Bonsai Bills and the Charvargs being able to go into the foreground and background, right? Uh, having the beat blocks, having the moving block, having the warp stuff, having crates that and, and poles that just inherently change how you go through a level. And, and that cart, which wasn't even in 3D World. <laughs> and not only that, they managed to finally advance the physics of 2D Mario, and it only took about a decade for them yeah. to do that. Yes. <laughs> uh, and everything that I saw, we see a more acrobatic Mario, a more nimble Mario. It looks like spin jumps are a lot easier. Um, and you can do pretty... It seems like you could do pretty much everything that you could do in 3D World. That is just fantastic. You know, it really is. Like, this is... Uh, in a lot of ways, this, this makes me appreciate 3D World even more, you know? Because it's like, <laughs> this is looking to be... Like, this, it looks lovely as a 2D Mario game. You know, it oh, really yeah. does. And and so I'm very much looking forward to playing through the, that style. And I'm looking forward to seeing what other styles come in. Because now, like, the boundaries are broken, right? Like, you don't have to be held back by traditional 2D Mario. So, like, Super Mario USA is an option, you know? And yeah. some people are getting even more wild. Stuff like I've seen Odyssey, Galaxy, uh, Yoshi's Island, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, so uh, which one of those do you think it's going to be? I know the common... The common uh, Thing that people go to is Super Mario Brothers 2 USA, but yeah. uh, what do you think, Muzzy? So I think that's the most likely. I think that's the fan favorite. I think that's the one that Nintendo, like everyone, has said. I want that style, you know. Uh, and I feel like Nintendo hears that. I I think that with this, uh, 
because before this direct, I was like, eh, probably not likely because like it, it changes so many things. But I mean, the additional game cells is made for that, right? So I feel like Mario Two, Mario USA. I think that's the I think that's the most likely one. You know, the thing that I was thinking was uh, just looking at the workload of doing Super Mario Brothers Two. Uh, because they have to redo all of those assets for HD, uh, and they have to find all of those sprites and everything. Uh, and the thing is, is I could see them doing Odyssey a little bit more. I, I definitely, for me, that's definitely the second most likely. But yeah, I agree. Like, Odyssey is pretty likely as well. But yeah, go on. Uh, just for the reason of... It would be easy to do. They have the assets fresh on hand. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have the 3D Mario engine all revved up to go. But not only that, but I think uh, just copying and pasting the hat mechanic mm-hmm. from that game, I think that would really warrant a really special extra uh, a maker type thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, that inherently just changes the way you traverse through a level, right? Having Cappy, being able to throw cappy uh that changes everything and i think that that uh translating that into a 2d mario game would be pretty cool yeah you know that would be really really neat for sure uh honestly i think that's the one i'm hoping for i mean i'm actually i'm happy with either to be honest like but either one i like super Mario Bros. 2 usa is a great game and being able to make your own level that would be just really cool in of itself right um yeah but then odyssey like just the 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 possibilities with that moveset uh can lead to a lot of fun level design so i, yeah. I i'm happy with either uh, <laughs> yeah i think I, I i must throw my hat onto odyssey but i could see really any of the styles working and i think it would make for a fun time and i hope they do dlc is the other thing i hope that, oh yeah like, i hope that like we're not getting just one more i hope we're getting like three more additional styles you know i would pay for a season pass for this game in a heartbeat you know I do not think they're going to continue to do a season pass. Um, I feel like Mario Maker is something that's really born out of... uh, I think it's really born out of word of mouth. Oh, sure, yeah. And so I I honestly think they're going to roll out free updates. I mean, definitely I'm expecting free updates for sure. I'm just saying, like, if I had to pay for additional styles, I totally would. You know what I mean? Oh, probably me, myself as well. Um... But I, I honestly think this is going to blow up on social media. This is going to be huge on Twitch and YouTube. I definitely agree. Um, I actually think Super Mario Maker is going to be the biggest event of the year. I hope so. I mean, I it looks to be insane, you know? Because, like, I think that not only is it, like, the level creation possibilities have have gone so much beyond the scope of the original right and then it's on a system like switch which is way more mainstream way easier to stream from way easier to share on social media right and then having that online multiplayer component like you're just adding up all these pieces is like i there's no way this game won't blow up you know (laughs) yeah yeah so no i do say i have two concerns about this game okay first off I love that they're uh, that you're able to do cooperative making mm-hmm. uh, with just local co-op. So you're able to make a level with your friend or girlfriend or really whoever you want as long as you're in the room. Yeah. However, as far as we are led to believe, there doesn't seem to be a way to play levels with friends locally. It seems like everything needs to be either online or... Or locally connected through the Switch. So, like, everyone would have to have their own Switch. Everyone would have to have their own game, copy the game. Um, yeah. Which, uh, that is a bit of a bummer. But to be fair, I think that, like, with what, what Mario Maker is doing, uh, th- I mean, this is inherently way different from New Super Mario Brothers in the fact that everyone has their own screen, right? Uh, so, because of that, everyone's screen, s- screen scrolls independently. And I think that that inherently makes it harder to then do the new Super Mario Brothers style, where on the same system, like, the camera has to stay on all four characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's just a it's just a small disappointment out of that. For sure. No, I definitely get that, though, yeah. Um, but the only other thing is I'm worried about progression and unlocking things. 
uh, because that was a huge problem with the original Mario Maker. I had all of these ideas for levels, and I actually like wrote a lot of them down, but by the time I opened up the game, I was severely limited in what I could do, and that caused, well, incessant grinding plus changing the Wii U's clock. <laughs> and they did say that you have to unlock themes, or, yes. or at least the night versions of themes. Yeah, so, I mean, I would expect the same progression. I, I hope it's faster, right? I hope that it's a lot faster than the original game was, um, because it is a little too slow, you know? But but I do think that the progression is there for a reason, right? Like, I, I think they don't want to overwhelm people with too many options at once, right? But when a game is a sequel, and so many people are going to be veterans from the original game, I mean, between the Wii U version and 3DS version, that game sold 7 million copies, right? Uh, so there's a lot of Mario Maker veterans out there. And yeah. So uh, holding those guys back uh, would be a little bit of a bummer. I hope the I hope it's very quick that you you unlock everything. You know, the one thing that I'd hope is if it's tied to the single player, and then you could also do it the regular way as well. The previous way of the Wii U version of just making levels and then once a day you get more parts, but you also have the option to do the single player. I think that would be good. I think that would be completely fine. Yeah, that would be. I think that would be a fair way of doing it for sure. But, uh, yeah, there's certainly a lot to unpack about Super Mario Maker. But is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, two things I wanted to touch upon. I mean, cause like, the the bigger thing with this direct, and you should if you haven't already watched this direct, you know, cause it is really wonderful. Um, but. Uh, the scope of the levels that you can create has just gone so beyond. Like, even things like being able to set clear conditions, right? So I think before in the original Mario Maker, like, sure, there was there was bosses. You could put Bowser in there. But, like, you didn't have to... The only progression in that game was getting to the end of the flagpole, right? But now you can do all sorts of crazy stuff. You for If you want to make a mandatory boss fight, you can make it so you have to beat Bowser, right? If you want to make it so that uh, you have to click x amount of coins before you can complete the level now there's something you could do and i think clear conditions is going to be uh very cool for this game and then the other thing is uh being able to um the, how the sub areas have just expanded so much a from doing being able to have vertical sub areas which is huge because the original mario maker had no verticality right uh so having those vertical sub areas is going to be great but then also in in the sub areas being able to stop the screen from scrolling which means uh to do secret rooms and stuff you just have so much more room to work with the sub areas where, whereas before if you wanted to do a secret room you had to spread across uh the little rooms as much as possible so that way the player wouldn't be able to see what's ahead you know yeah uh, and so just having that is going to be huge for this game i think i think i the, just the scope of the levels I, that you can create is going to go so far beyond what the original could do yeah touching upon that uh, I think it's going to be possible to make a computer within Super Mario Maker right now. <laughs> uh, because they have on and us, which is there's now a way to tell uh, just uh, Boolean language in general. And, and so that's uh, crazy. I, I, I forgot about the on off switches, but that's such a big component of this, you know? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised within a couple of years from now. People are going to start making Mario Maker programs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that on and off switch really is going to open the door in, in so many ways. I, and it's just, you add all these things together, and they're pretty big things, just individually, right? Um, you add all these things, and it just truly, the, the possibilities have just increased exponentially. I think that, like, that the best part of this Direct was that truly it feels like everyone's wish list was checked off, you know? Um, yeah. It, it's just like everything you could have possibly wanted from this game, it is in there. Yeah, I totally agree. So, yeah, I mean, this is really going to feel like a game with infinite content. And I feel like there's going to be a lot better ways to sort into that content. And I think it's going to just be a greater t time. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, there was one more thing that happened within the Direct, in yes. that uh, Nintendo finally announced one of their special deals that comes with Nintendo Switch Online. Mm -hmm. And basically, they're offering Nintendo Switch Online vouchers, where if you have the Nintendo Switch Online, 
you can get two digital games for $100. So essentially, you'd be saving $20 uh, per per two sets of games. Uh, and the way the voucher system works is very flexible too, because you're buying two vouchers and you have a year to use them, and you can use a, you don't have to use both at the same time. So like, yeah, you can download for example mario maker now and save one for later right and it's eligible with every single first party game which is huge yeah it's it's really uh, i would say this is a good deal i oh, if you're yeah. going to get nintendo switch online uh you're you're practically paying for like if you buy two games a year uh it's paid for it, itself it's paid for itself the nintendo yeah. switch online a hundred percent. And I think that as someone, I mean, I assume most people buy a Switch to buy Nintendo games, right? Yeah. And every two games you buy, you save 20 bucks. I think that's a big deal. Especially as someone like me, I buy pretty much everything that Nintendo publishes. Uh, so just this summer alone, between buying Mario Maker 2, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Fire Emblem 3 Houses, and Astral Chain, these four games in the span of essentially two months, I'm saving 40 bucks buying those four games. That's wonderful. Oh, yeah. You know, that's just great. And not only that, but you're buying the games digitally, and so one of the things that you can do is you also get gold coins for that, and I believe it, it's five percent for digital. Uh, yeah, so you it's, games. It's funny. I can't believe they still give you gold coins for even though you're saving twenty bucks right off the bat, but you also get five dollars back in gold coins. So it's like which you could use for another voucher, or you could use towards Nintendo Switch Online, you know. Uh, so it's actually like Nintendo. To give credit where credit is due, I think that like I think a big criticism with digital is, hey, um, there's no manufacturing cost, there's no retailer cut, pass on some of those savings to the consumer, right? And I think with this voucher program, I think with the gold coins initiative. Nintendo's doing exactly that, right? They are giving you a reason being like, hey, hey, we earn more money when you buy digital, so we'll make the cost cheaper for you, you know? And that I think that's a win for us. That's a win for Nintendo. And I think yeah. that's good. And this, in doing it in this way, it doesn't devalue the games at all. Like, that's like something a lot of other publishers do is you wait six months and the game comes to 20 bucks. Yes. But this discount applies no matter how old a game is or how new a game is. You get total flexibility with whatever you want to do. I mean, it's truly wonderful. Like, like I said, especially like as someone who buys so many games here, you know, it's just like the fact that like I get essentially a ten dollar day one discount when I was gonna buy the game day one digitally, regardless. You know, it's like <laughs> this is great. I mean, why wouldn't I like this, right? Yeah. I totally agree. And this is actually a pretty good way to incentivize doing digital uh, because, you know, there's no longer any Amazon discounts really anymore. Yeah. The Best Play Gamers Club, it's defunct right now. And so there's really not much monetary incentive to go physical nowadays uh if you're not planning on selling the game afterwards exactly which personally i don't anyway you know yeah um i think it's smart i think it's smart for nintendo to like incentivize digital purchases because even with their 20 dollar cut right they're still making more per digital copy than they would a physical copy right and yeah. so i think that that's smart for them to like uh use that to be like hey like you buy digital you get rewarded for it right you get it you get it cheaper you spend it's kind of the only way to get a day one discount on a system that isn't PC these days, you know? Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I think it's it's a good program. Kudos to Nintendo because, you know, I'm actually sort of, sort of warming up to the idea of paying for the online. Yeah. I mean, I mean like, like you said, you buy two games and the service has paid for itself, right? So that, I think that's worth noting for sure. Yeah. And so, uh, we have one more topic for today, uh, and that's really, Nintendo has been releasing a lot of Wii U ports, but they're actually starting to get low in number, because not many games released on the Wii U. Yeah. However, there's a couple of games that, that are still in, well, nobody knows these games because they came out on the Wii U. And so, I just want to go one by one, uh... 
and see what we think of the likeliness of the ports and when it's going to happen. So first off, we have Super Mario 3D World, which is a really interesting one, seeing that it is referenced in Super Mario Maker, mm-hmm. but you cannot play on the Switch. No. Uh, though, to be fair, you can't play Super Mario, 3, or Super Mario World. You can't play Super Mario World on Switch yet, either. Uh, <laughs> no. But... Uh, but you can't play all the other styles, and so 3D World is kind of sort of lacking. And you assume World will show up eventually because of the Super Nintendo games, right? So like 3D yeah. World would pretty much be the only one. I feel like 3D World, so 3D World's in a weird space, right? Uh, I think they should port it, and I think that it is a very good fit for hey, here's the Joy-Con, let's play some multiplayer, let's play, let's have a random multiplayer belt in a game, right? I think 3D World is perfect for that. A single Joy-Con has more than enough buttons for Super Mario 3D World. You know, um, so for that reason, it's a great fit. The, um, my only thing about this game is there's so many Mario platformers on the Switch. Uh, I don't know when they would release this game. Though, of course, that argument is completely thrown out the window when they release Super Mario Maker 2 and New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe within six months of each other. <laughs> yeah. You know, they seem to Nintendo seems to be reserving uh, Wii U ports just for the beginning of the year. Definitely filler um, titles, right? Like when, hey, we don't have anything to release, let's throw this out there. You know? Yeah. So I could really see it happening, maybe even as early as this January. I mean, uh, it was one of the best-selling Wii U games, and yes. so it it makes sense. And I feel like it's the biggest game that has not been ported yet. Oh, it absolutely is, right? Like, uh, every, every other game that's... I think the biggest of the big games on Wii U, which, to be fair, is not many, uh, either has a port or a sequel that makes the original completely irrelevant on the Switch, you know? Um, and 3D World is kind of like the, the last man standing there. And so... Yeah. It, it definitely it should come at some point. I don't know how soon. If uh, if there's no 3D Mario game coming out next year, though I do feel there is one, but if there isn't, I think 3D World would be wonderful for next year. I think so too. And next we have a uh, Paper Mario a Color Splash. I'm gonna say no on this one. Uh, I would I, also say no. <laughs> I can see why you would do it, right? And I think that's a game that you could pretty easily turn into a single screen experience, you know? Um... But it just doesn't seem like it's worth it, you know? I feel like uh, it's much more likely for Paper Mario to get a... Just the same way that, like, we didn't get Mario Party 10 ported, right? But we got a a new Mario Party game that kind of listened to fan feedback, you know? Uh, And kind of took that into account and kind of was a refresh for the series. I think that Paper Mario will take a similar approach. I think that we'll get a new Paper Mario game that's in the style of that fans like you know you know i i disagree about the style that fans like maybe a style that fans don't hate would be a <laughs> sure. proper description yeah, yeah because i don't think they're going to go completely back to oh sure i, 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 don't, I definitely your, don't think it'll favorite. be like a complete like one-to-one every everything we want from paper mario but like i, I just don't think i i feel like Color Splash is not worth salvaging, you know? You're just better off putting a new Paper Mario on, on there that has a better chance of being well-received. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, next, we have Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD. And mm-hmm. I really want to say, Nintendo, please. <laughs> please, please, please. Out of all the games to be locked to the Wii U, don't let it be these games. Yeah, I mean, these are the definitive versions of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, right? Uh, so it would be a real shame if they were locked away on the Wii U, you know? Um, yeah, especially considering, you know, for people who miss, like, the old, older style of Zelda, these would be absolutely perfect. It would take minimal oh, development time, and people would get to re-experience these games on a platform that is actually successful. Yeah, and I mean, like... It's it's the same thing with Mario where I would say, oh, like, maybe there's just too much Zelda coming out. But I don't think they get a care, right? Like, this year we have Link's Awakening and Cadence of Hyrule, you know? Um, and, and honestly, in this in the last couple of years, Zelda has a, had a pretty extensive history of just 
having so many releases, right? Like, even in 2015, Majora's Mask and uh, Triforce Heroes came out that year. In 2016, Breath of the Wild was supposed to, supposed to come out the same year that Twilight Princess HD came out, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I don't know how much they care about flooding us with Zeldas. Uh, I would... And, you know, just like just like the other Wii U ports, right? It, it's a very easy filler uh, as a fan favorite thing. And just people like that style. Uh, unlike Paper Mario, there are people who want to go back to that style of Zelda, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and so when uh, having Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, being able to scratch that itch would be good. All right. So first, I have two questions for you. Uh-huh. First, when would this release? Okay. Actually... One question before that. Yeah. Do you think there's this would release as a duology? Absolutely Or a not. separate game? <laughs> I just, no, don't even get your hopes up. Like, don't get your hopes up that they're probably... They, they will be separate $50 releases. I'm certain of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, when do you think these games will come? I think that these games will come out... So I think Wind Waker HD will be first. Uh, I think that... I think that there's been a, uh, on Switch so far, the, the Wii U ports that have been getting uh, priority have been, like, Mostly Nintendo-developed games, right? So, like, uh, yeah, sure, we have, like, Bayonetta and stuff. But, like, I think most of them have been, like, EAD or Retro Studio or a Retro Studios game, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, because Wind Waker HD is internal, uh, EAD did that remaster. Uh, now EPD, I guess. I think that Wind Waker HD will come first, and I think it'll be next year. Early next year is what I'm thinking. Oh, uh, I'd really like those chances. I actually think the same thing. I, maybe like a March release date next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that'd be perfect for it, you know, March March twenty twenty for Wind Waker HD. Uh, Twilight Princess, I think, will come a little bit later, but it will come eventually. You know, um, it'll just be most strategically used. You know, uh, <laughs> when they absolutely have nothing to release, there you go, Twilight Princess HD. <laughs> yeah, I must say, Wind Waker especially deserves this because the only two consoles it's been locked to are the two worst-selling Nintendo consoles of all time, yeah. except for the Virtual Boy. Wind Waker deserves more. And, I mean, it sold pretty well for being on those platforms, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. So, I feel... With the Switch being what it is, and the Zelda brand being stronger than ever, I think Wind Waker HD has a chance to just, just do way better than it previously yeah. did. And... Uh, there's... Uh... Next, we have uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, sorry, go on. And the one curious thing about this is Takahashi actually says that uh, he wouldn't be... He doesn't see himself having enough resources for it. Yeah. But I'm not sure how well to believe him. That's, I, yeah, I feel like there's clear intent here. They want to port Xenoblade X, so I think it's going to happen eventually, to be honest. Um, unless it's, like, a, a wonderful one-on-one type thing. Like, that's rumored to, like, Platinum obviously really wants to do it, but supposedly Nintendo doesn't want to foot the bill. Um, the Xenoblade X sold way better, that game, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's just, personally, this is very selfish, but I hope they don't port it because I don't want... Uh, I really don't want Monolith Soft to have more incentive to do a sequel to Xenoblade X. <laughs> you know, I actually think like the X, the Xenoblade X series, uh-huh. I know it ended off on a cliffhanger. Yeah. But I, I think it's done. I hope so. I, I'm sorry. I know that hurts some people out there. I know some people really like Xenoblade X. I know they want that cliffhanger resolved. But, like, I would just rather them spend time making something else. You know? Like, I, like, I prefer 1 and 2 way over X. You know? Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I would prefer 3. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 more than I would an X2. You know? Though, we'll see. Uh, Monolithsoft has a knack for working on multiple different projects. Oh, for sure. Yeah. uh, There might be room for all of that. However, (laughs) Xenoblade X was a really, really expensive game to make. It was actually one of the largest open worlds ever created before um, Final Fantasy XV at the time. And so... uh, it was really costly to make, and it didn't really meet that. 
it really didn't set the charts on fire. Even though I loved Xenoblade Chronicles X, I just somewhat don't see it happening. I think the the one thing that could be in its favor, though, is that Breath of the Wild has proven that Switch owners like open-world games, you know? Uh, yeah. And so this would be, I mean, and this is a common theme, uh, but it would be, once again, a great filler title for when they have nothing else coming out. Like, just throw out Xenoblade X. This is a game that I think would, would resonate with the Switch audience, you know? Yeah. I yeah. would agree. And so... On the scale to one to never, I would probably rate this one never, but I just wanted to talk about it because it's interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I agree with that rating. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so interesting. Atlas is one of the weirdest publishers out there yeah. when it comes to uh, porting stuff, mm-hmm. but... Come on. I If they're not going to give us Persona, if Shin Megami Tensei isn't coming out for a while, I think it would make sense to release Tokyo Mirage Sessions. And I think especially with Joker being in Smash and everything, you know, the word Atlas being more stuck into Nintendo fans' minds, I think it would do well on Switch. Yeah, I think it would too. I mean, personally, I wish they would just port Persona. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like that's never happening. Um, And I don't know. Atlas is weird. I don't know if this thing is going to get ported. Also, I just think that, like, while this game has, like, from the people who like it, uh, has gotten pretty good reception, I would say, right? Uh, But, like, Tokemon Session sold worse than The Wonderful 101, you know? Yeah. Uh, this is a game that, like, sure, it would sell more on Switch, but what really is, like, like I feel like it has a very hard ceiling of a pretty low number, you know? Uh, it's just, like, s- sorry, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but, like, I-, I just feel like it's pretty unappealing to a lot of people, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the only reason I would pick it up would be because it's on Switch, and I just have a, I have an interest for it. But not enough to buy the game and dust off my Wii U. Yeah, for sure. I can know if I see that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And next, we're going to uh, go into our final game. One that has been in a little bit of rumor hell. Yeah. And that is Pikmin 3. So, uh, to be fair, King Zell put this in his list of, like, you know, Mario Maker 2, uh, Zelda 2D, uh, Box Boy. All that shit came true right uh i feel like it is very likely that this port exists um when will it release though i have no idea because you would think that the first half of this year would have been the perfect time to release that because there was nothing for this first half you know yeah Uh, (laughs) i'm exaggerating a little bit of course but like you know uh, there was a lot of empty spaces for sure in the first half from June onwards, from Mario Maker 2 onwards, I don't see where Pikmin 3 fits, you know, like, in a, in a space that it can thrive. Like, it is not a game that's going to do well this holiday because there's so many big Nintendo games to pick up, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, is I, I love your statement about King Zell because Pikmin 3 has been making the rounds ever since before the Switch launched. <laughs> I Emily Rogers commented on these rumors, and she was right about practically everything else about the Switch. Yeah, I mean, her track record is impeccable in the Switch era, right? Yeah, her yeah. her her uh, record is almost spotless. Uh, the only things I think she was wrong about was Pikmin Three, um, but for some reason, the the Pikmin series, and I would say also the Mother series are in a perpetual state of rumors of so many insiders saying, yep, this is going to happen, but then it never comes to pass. I mean, Pikmin is a weird one because we also just straight up have Miyamoto constantly being like, <laughs> yeah, Pikmin 4, that's a thing, and we're, we're like, we're ready to ship tomorrow, you know? <laughs> and, and, then like, and then, like, we don't see Pikmin 4 for years, and the same shit happened in the original Pikmin 3 release, right? Like, oh, this yeah. game was a game that Miyamoto said, yeah, this is coming to Wii, and we're almost done, and he said that every year at E3, you know, during the Wii generation, until it finally showed up again on Wii U. Uh, yeah. It's just, P- Pikmin is always, I don't know what, I don't know why, 
this happens to Pikmin of all franchises. <laughs> you know, uh, out of all out of all games that I could see like going through development hell, mm-hmm. I really don't understand how Pikmin is one of them. Which is kind of hilarious. You know, maybe the, maybe uh, making a hundred AIs uh, is uh, tough work. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it is, but they already have the code base. But they've for already done. Yeah, I know, I know. I just I, I'm trying to think of maybe a reason. I have no idea, honestly. You know, I I I think it really just comes down to priority lists. I guess. Yeah, that I think that that's definitely the what it is. I mean, on one hand, you have Miyamoto, who's like. Pikmin is my baby, and I love it. So I'm going to continually make public statements until it eventually gets done. <laughs> like, I, I genuinely feel that's the only reason why Miyamoto is so vocal about Pikmin. So uh, it kind of forces force the, it. Yeah. <laughs> the upper Nintendo hands to work. Like, hey, we prom- Miyamoto promised this. We have to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I would believe that theory, honestly. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I have a prediction that it, Pikmin three would happen in twenty twenty one. Ah, I think it'll be spring twenty twenty. Is what I'm feeling. I we'll, we'll see though, because uh, I do think from what we've heard, it does seem like it's pretty close to completion. But like, it feels like it, it kind of feels like a prime trilogy thing, you know, where we've heard about it for so long. It's just like, where is it? Where is it? Are they waiting for Pikmin four? Like, who knows? You know. Uh, yeah, um, I, I I do believe the port is done though somewhere. I just I don't know I don't know what they plan on doing for release plans though. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want, go ahead and send us emails at eraofnintendo at gmail dot com. I'll repeat this one more time: eraofnintendo at gmail dot com. And we are very sorry for our hiatus. We've been gone for quite a while. However, life has just been uh, really crazy and hectic for all of us. Yeah. But most of all, at the day of this recording, it is Phantom Thief's birthday. So yes, everybody, go ahead and wish Phantom Thief a very happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Phantom Thief. Go ahead and message him, at him, all that stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or send him hate mail. Yeah. At Air of That's my preferred thing, to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, my name is Lash Jam. And I'm Muzzy. All right, we hope you have a great night. Bye.